Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of um, the Intuitive Revolution in Business. Before I get into the meat of today's um, content, I wanted to say a word about Ukraine. First, to send out my prayers to Ukraine, which I have done, obviously, but I'm inviting you to do the same. It is only too easy when something like... Um, what happens in Ukraine happens for us to tip into fear, but it's not going to help the Ukrainian people. If you send fear their way, it's only it's like um, throwing um, oil on the fire. So um, if you're listening to my podcast, I'm going to assume that you are a positive person and I'm going to invite you to just... Um, hold the energy of peace in your own heart and then once this is secure uh, send it out to both Russia and Ukraine and also all the other parts of the world that are in conflict. Now this brings me to the next uh, the second part of this special announcement. I want then to bring it back to you what part in your life are you at war with is it yourself? Is it someone else? Um, it's important because peace starts with us always, always, always. And I'm going to give you a little anecdote that happened to in my village. I live in a village, I would say about 10 years ago. Uh, what happened was there was a planning permission that was um, you know, put together uh, with our council. Um, for a helicopter base to be installed near our village. And it created a lot of turmoil for sure. And one of the ladies whose house was literally next to the um, site that was proposed started a campaign against um, this helicopter base. But of course, the helicopter base was for a charity. And so it really divided the village between the people who wanted to support the charity and who maybe whose houses were far enough from the helicopter base that it wasn't an issue for them. And those who were concerned about the noise of the helicopters because they lived right near it. And it only took a couple of hours after this permission was submitted for a big divide to happen in our village, right? It felt like Asterix. I don't know if you know the cartoon. I've been raised on Asterix cartoons, this little village of, um, of Gauls in Brittany that are fighting the Romans. And their biggest problem is that they always fight themselves. So they never win against the Romans, although the Romans never really managed to take over their village. But you know what I'm trying to say here is that this is where it starts. 
we need to be able to hear the other person's point of view. We need to be able to be at peace with the fact that some people disagree with us. And we need to be at peace with ourselves as well. I know um, it's taken me a while not to be vindictive towards people who didn't agree with me. I'm going to hold up my hand. You know, I am not perfect. It's been a long journey, but I, the, I think the first step is an awareness of what is happening. Um, so if there is any, any war type energy, any fear type energy in your mind or in your heart today, I want you to just take stock, maybe place your hand on your heart and acknowledge it. Don't go hating the fact that you have that, that war energy in you because it's going to, again, it's like pouring oil onto the fire. But just acknowledge it. Ask it what it's here for. Because underneath the um, energy of anger or war, there's always a fear. And, and that fear is usually about something that feels very, very threatening. Um, so let's just start with that. And I'm going to set my little intent and I'm going to take a minute, a pause for a minute to allow you to do that, to explore your heart energy and see, feel into it, put your hand on your heart and try to identify if there's any unresolved issues dormant there that might be triggered by what's happening in the world. All too often, the way we react to world events is by pointing the finger of blame and pretending, fooling ourselves into thinking that we would never do that. We would never do what the person is doing. And it's precisely if you say that, that you need to look into yourself because that's your zone of denial. I'm going to tell you another little story. And that's about me when I was in my 20s. I am by nature a very, very calm person. But for some reason, I bought into the illusion that I did not experience anger ever. I wasn't passive aggressive either. I just repressed my anger so deeply I couldn't even feel it. My body was numb. And because of that, I attracted angry people around me everywhere. I attracted an angry husband. I very often came across angry drivers on the road. And in a way, this fueled my illusion that I was the calm person and these people were the ones with the problem. It took me a few years of therapy to suss out that anger was not allowed in my house. My dad had anger issues, and I'm sure where he is in heaven, he won't mind me mentioning that. And my mum was passive-aggressive. And we had no space as children to be children and to explore all our emotions. And this is something very common. You know, it's very triggering for parents to witness negative emotions in their children because they feel challenged in their identity as good parents. If I'm a good parent, why is my child having a negative emotion? But if we do that, 
we don't give our children the opportunity to have a healthy relationship with all their emotions. So if, like me, you haven't had this opportunity, if your parents weren't um, enough emotionally intelligence to give you that gift, first of all, forgive your parents and then forgive yourself, but own what is happening in you. Own it. Own it. We will create peace in the world by owning our anger. And I owe it as well to Thich Nhat Hanh, the, Buddhist, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk who created the Plum Village in my country, who died recently and who wrote a powerful book about anger. If you haven't read this book, please go and do so. Right, now for a few seconds of silence, both for Ukraine and also to acknowledge the anger in our hearts so that we can take responsibility for it, starting now. And now that we've taken this minute of silence, I want you to commit to owning your anger so that you can actually be an agent of peace in the world. I'm gonna do my statement. I am owning my anger and I promise myself to do everything in my power to deal with my anger so that I do not hurt other people in the process. And so it is. Okay, so let's get to the subject of today's um, podcast episode, which is how do I go about remembering my stories of intuition? This is a question that was asked in my signature five day challenge. And I am so grateful to the person who has asked this question. Um, so I want first to explain to you a little bit what the five-day challenge is about, because although I just run it, 
um, if you're interested, I think it'd be wonderful if you could sign up for the next round. And I will put the link in the show notes for you to sign up for the next round, which um, is likely to be, I mean, I haven't set a date for it yet, but if I look at my calendar, it's likely to be sometime in April, okay? But it's going to come so fast. If you're listening to this episode and you find it interesting, sign up now. So um, my five-day challenge is called Trust Your Intuition uh, Challenge. And it helps entrepreneurs to trust their intuition. And I give them five steps, five simple steps to get started on their journey. And step number two is remembering stories of intuition. So what we need to understand is why is it so important to remember these stories? And the first thing I'm going to say is that it's important to remember our stories of intuition because the more stories we remember, the more we will believe that, our in, that we are intuitive and also the more we will understand how our intuition works. And when we understand how our intuition works and our intuition is different from anybody else's, um, then we will be able to recognize it as well. So it's like a win-win. Um, but there's, there's an obstacle in the way and the obstacle is your hippocampus. So let me explain. Um, we are all born with a reptile brain uh, and you might have heard about it before, uh, which is, um, has been located in the amygdala uh, within your brain. And the amygdala governs the hippocampus and the hypothalamus. So the hypothalamus is in charge of your body temperature, your heart rate, so that if you're in danger, you can kind of have that rush of blood um, to be able to run away. And the hippocampus is here to organize all your memories to make sense of the world. So in that respect, whenever something happens to you, and that comes that starts from a very early age, you start to organize things in clusters. So imagine a toddler touches something hot, um, it goes in his memory, the pain is associated with hot, and there's that first cluster. Hot things hurt, if they're too hot, obviously. And then every experience that that toddler will have with um, things that are hot will reinforce that belief in order to protect the toddler. That makes complete sense, right? And of course, if their parents um, tell off the toddler, then that's more memory to put in the same cluster. And that's how we create belief, beliefs. That's also how we create um, phobias, by the way. This is the whole base of clinical hypnotherapy, which I find fascinating. And I feel so grateful to have trained in this modality. So you have cluster one, cluster two, cluster three, you have a, a set of beliefs. And of course, these beliefs evolved over time. But I suppose the beliefs that you get when you're the smallest are the ones that are the strongest because there's no filter. And under the age of seven, everything goes straight into your subconscious and straight into that experiential thing. And also you don't have the emotional intelligence or your brain is not developed enough to be able to make sense of certain things. So you can have some skewers skewed with beliefs that are created back back in that in that time but it's all good because these filters are created 
so that your brain is, does not become overwhelmed, right? Because we are bombarded with input. And even more now that we've reached, you know, information um, uh, society and information society where, uh, you know, there's more information that we could ever process. We were having that conversation with my son yesterday. Um, so what is, not what is not stored in these clusters go into the deeper subconscious, okay? And that is where most of your stories of intuition will have gone. And I'll explain to you why in a second. But first, I want to give you some examples of stories in my own life that I completely repressed, even though they were phenomenal stories of intuition. I have mentioned probably before how I survived a bomb attempt in Paris in 1986, thanks to my intuition. I was coming back from an internship in a legal department, and um, I suddenly decided not to go shopping in a certain precinct in Paris, um, precisely in Rue de Rennes, which is a very commercial street in Montparnasse. And that literally saved my life. Did I remember this instance? No, I immediately squished it down because it didn't fit with any of my beliefs and um, it felt scary, spooky and weird. And I had no one to talk to about it. And I didn't want to be weird. So I squashed it. Second example, uh, I might have mentioned it before. I don't know. I don't remember all the stories that I show on this podcast. Um, I went to a dinner party with some friends, uh, at some friends, sorry, with my first husband. My son, uh, eldest son was then a toddler. Um, when we, it was time to say goodbye, my husband refused to walk me to the car because uh, he didn't drive. I, I was the only driver. And uh, because of that, I was attacked by a drug addict. I obviously did everything I could to forget this story because it was so disturbing and so upsetting. Another story that I shared recently with a friend, I, um, I was in Granada uh, with same husband. We weren't married yet. And we were in a restaurant celebrating our, uh, the end of our studies. Um, we had done particularly well. We were the best two students in our year. And um, so the waiter brings us our food and I, I just refuse to eat it. There's a smell that made me feel almost like vomiting. And when my um, future husband <laughs> looked at me and saw me refusing to eat, he started, you know, making fun of me and asking, you know, why are you being so emotional, uh, irrational? What's going on? This is perfectly normal. And he ate his whole meal and he had to restart for three days. I forgot that story. It didn't fit with my beliefs. I had been told by my parents that these things were scary, spooky, weird. And if you come from a particularly religion background, you will actually be told that this is evil, right? I am going to actually share with you an, another anecdote that has nothing to do with intuition. But as you know, my, my framework, the way I work with my clients is called the EPIC framework. And it includes energy, prosperity, intuition, and the triple C. Now, this would belong to the category of, of energy. I was, um, I, I am actually in very good terms with the vicar and his wife in the village. And I often take my kids to uh, what's called messy church because they love, you know, it's a social event. It's within the community. And um, a few years back when I go there, because I'm not religious myself, I usually sit in the background a little bit on my own. Sometimes I read a book, but the, the vicar 
um, loves to come and have a chat with me. And that day, it actually wasn't the vicar. It was a student vicar um, that was in the parish um, to learn from our vicar, who's a very good vicar. And uh, he asked me what I did, as people do. And I told him, well, I'm a Reiki master. And he said, oh, what is that? So I explained to him a little bit what Reiki was, uh, that it was pure love energy that is given to a person to support a process of healing. Uh, and he said, oh, um, in, in the church, we, we look at this as evil. And he almost apologized for this uh, because he could see I was a genuine person and a very loving person. And actually the vicar has said to me and about my children that we are the most Christian people, um, you know, that we embody Christian values. And that's also why they feel um, that we are such a gifted um, um, member of their, their community. And it took me aback. I, I, I just couldn't imagine that the Church of England could teach that healing was evil because Jesus was a healer. He was the biggest and most talented healer I've ever met. Um, so, but, but this is the same thing, you know, healing, intuition, all these things have been casted as evil, uh, as bad, as dark. Um, so, of course, we're going to bury our stories of intuition as deeply as we can. You know, look at Halloween, look at horror films, uh, look how psychics are usually depicted in films and entertainment industry, in books, in literature, uh, not to mention that they were burnt at the stake, um, you know, um, in the Middle Ages. And um, I can't remember what, when was the last witch trial in this country, but it's not that far. It's, it's all 100 years or something. So, you know, that's why we don't want to remember our stories of intuition, because also we don't have a model to help us acknowledge and understand what's happening here. Now, these were three stories that relate to me. I want to share a story about one of our guests who is, I mean, if you haven't listened to her interview, I really invite you to go and, and go back to some past episodes. Um, but also, I want to say that this is the reason why I have, let me count them, three, six, nine, 12, 15, um, nearly 20 stories of intuition shared on my podcast from different guests uh, because it's important that we hear these stories. It's important. Every time someone shares a story, it helps the collective remember these stories. So Emma Turton, who came to us in episode eight, shared, um, you know, an amazing story where she saved the life of her, um, of her fiancé by having the courage to tell him to get checked for a health issue when he um, considered himself the picture of health and uh, was really annoyed and actually only accepted to go and get checked to um, get her off his back. And thanks to her, a very rare form of cancer was discovered and enabled him to survive because it was caught so early. And even the people in the department that worked with this specific type of cancer said, we never see that people um, who survive. He was probably the, the only, the first and only case of, of a person that survived that type of cancer. And, and yet 
she completely squashed this because it felt weird, scary, spooky. She was a health professional herself. She was worried about her own reputation if she embraced her intuition and what had happened. And this is wrong. That I want this to change. I felt the same. I felt that if I was intuitive and I was a lawyer, people would not respect my, my point of view as a lawyer because I valued my intuition. But it's intuition that made me the best lawyer that I could be. And, and I, I, I had so many accolades as a lawyer as to my professionalism. So I want to crack this egg because it's a rotten egg. Um, and, and that's why also I'm so adamant about sharing stories of intuition and, and taking intuition and putting it on, on the curriculum all the way from primary school to, um, to universities. And I hope that those who do serious studies and who you know follow a scientific approach can help. I know there's some people out there already, but I'm also I would be love, um, really um, excited to cooperate with with these people to give it more clout, so that we can we can break this unhelpful belief that being intuitive makes us quacks in our professional um, shoes so to speak. So what I want, there's, there's two things. I want that all these events, instead of being called scary, spooky, weird, that they're called normal, natural, helpful, and even magic, right? And then the second thing is I want, let's normalize intuition, right? Even this week, I was listening to an interview by a psychic who said, oh, what I do, my gift runs in the family. I'm calling on the BS. Okay, maybe for psychics, it's true. But we are all intuitive. There is no such thing as, you know, the chosen one in terms of intuitions and the ones who don't have it. It's the same thing with art. We can all be artists. It's just that we're not all meant to be Michelangelo's. We can all run. We're not all meant to be can't think of a very famous runner, but let's just put a name into there. Um, it's important. We need to break those molds, right? Because, and I'm going to say this to you, and it's something that I haven't heard many people in the intuitive field say. Intuition comes through the heart. It's not a third eye thing. If it's the third eye you're using, you're trying your psychic gifts. And your third eye might not even be connected to your heart, in which case there's a big problem here, right? It's your heart that is at the center. This also means that's why we need to, to work on our fear and our anger, because this fear, this anger creates a shield around our hearts that blocks our intuition. So now let's get to the importance of why it's so the sorry subject of why is it important to remember these stories of intuition? Well, in your business, it can save you thousands of pounds. It can also help you avoid recruiting the wrong person. And it can help you to find the perfect partner in your business, for example. It can lead you to be in the right place at the right time. There are only positives around intuition. The negatives comes from ignorance about intuition. Intuition will bring you two types of positives. It will avoid you some problems. 
and it will help you to find solutions. Intuition and creativity are, you know, are like twin sisters. And so by, by strengthening your intuition, you actually increase your creativity, right? Now, it's especially important to use our intuition in a volatile world. And if you thought the pandemic was volatile, look at what happened in Ukraine. The VUCA, the VUCA element, has like skyrocketed. You know, everybody's talking about the fact that we're on the verge of, of World War III. I don't know if this is true, but we need to get back to the heart. We need to get back to the intuition. And how do we do that? By remembering only one story. Only one, it only takes one because then all the other intuition stories that are linked to it will come as you pull the string of that first story, okay? And I saw that um, in a particularly meaningful way because I wrote a second memoir um, about my journey of going from being a lawyer to being a psychic. And the more I wrote my stories, the more cropped up things that I had completely forgotten. And every time I talk about intuition with someone or I share a story, more stories come back for me as well. So my invitation today is twofold. First, I want you to go and listen to all the podcast interviews that I've done about around intuition stories. You can find a list of those on my website, theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash podcast. And the second thing is go and sign up for my, my, my five-day challenge so that in April, you have a chance to ramp up your intuition in your business, but also obviously in the rest of your life. Right, that's enough for me today. I'm going to wish you the best. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs, and go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.